Hey guys, welcome back to General Admission for another week. Really excited to be here. Um, this is episode 12. I'm Jen and I'm here with Alice. Yeah, and today we have like a very exciting episode. Um, it's been really, really cool. We have a very special guest. We have Ben from Slowly Slowly, a Melbourne-based, I guess, like alternative rock band, I guess you can call it. Yeah, let's go with um, that. Yeah, I hate like always labeling bands yeah, I hate with genres. Yeah, bands, but you kind of have um, to... Just yeah. to give people an idea of <laughs> yeah. the music and um, what they sound like. So we're just quickly jumping in here before the beginning of the episode, just to let you know that this weekend we have the Australian Podcast Awards, which we are nominated for uh, under Best Newcomer, which is very, very cool. And Jen, our very own Jen, will be at the awards. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still really like just heartbroken the fact that you can't make it. But we've got a great representative, so... <laughs> Oh, shucks. But, um, but yeah, so that's happening um, at the Melbourne Spiegel Tent in Collingwood mm-hmm. in Melbourne on Saturday night. If you can make it, whether you're in Melbourne or, you know, looking at, to hang out, you know, fly into state. Yeah. It's going to be a great event and hope to see you guys there. And yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to, you know, all of you guys that have supported us, whether it be from the very beginning, the middle, just of right now, you guys mean like the world to us. And yeah, we hope to continue making episodes for yeah. a very long time. Yeah, so we'll keep you updated. A uh, big shout out to the Australian Podcast Awards uh, for nominating us. And um, yeah, let's jump into this episode because it's a very exciting one. Enjoy. So, enjoy. <laughs> listening to general admission where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound welcome to general admission today it is the 11th episode i believe actually no it's episode 12 episode 12 (laughs) well i've messed it up every single week um cool so we're here as usual i'm alessandra i'm here with jen and we're also joined by a very special guest if you'd like to introduce yourself Nice. So I guess to kick it off, Ben, um, you've got your album that's just about to drop. Um, did you want to, I guess, like for our listeners, just sort of introduce yourself, what you kind of do in the band, the type of music that you make, and um, just like a little little bio, I guess? Um, yeah, so um, we're playing a, a four-piece band. Um, just a pretty basic rock setup with just bass, drums, guitars, um, I'm the songwriter, and singer, and guitarist in the band, um, and it kind of all circulates around um, some pretty lyrically dense kind of nineties-y singer-songwritery, I don't know, alternative rock, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you have to describe your own project. Yeah, I guess it is. To it. I don't know. Yeah. Have you actually, because I'm curious too, like, I guess when you're describing your own music, have you had any instances where like someone has described your music or like compared your band to another band and you've kind of been like, how, how is that connection like even, <laughs> how does it even work? <laughs> like, have you ever had, had that happen to you? Like you've been kind of described so wrongly? <laughs> yeah, we get, um, we get like some heavier stuff sometimes. After, especially after people see us live, they might say, you know, sounds like this band or whatever, and I'm like, wow, that band's pretty heavy. But I guess we all kind of, all of us grew up playing in heavier bands, so when we play live, it's got that kind of 
of um, mm. kind of vibe on stage. So I think a lot of people have said that the live show kind of is a little bit heavier than the record. Uh, so yeah, that's what's kind of a bit jarring for me when I hear that because I see it as kind of a quite a soft band to bands I've played in in the past or bands I grew up listening to. So, um, but other than that, people you know generally most of the time hit hit the nail on the head with some um, kind of like say that we sound like kind of 90s American emo stuff mixed right. in with um, kind of that Australian uh, Australiana singer songwriter like you know. UMI or um, something for Kate or something like that kind of mixed in there so um, yeah that's I think the kind of sense that we tend to straddle yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and it's interesting, though, because didn't you start off, you know, as a drummer for a heavier band and then you met, like, Alex later in high school and that's how, you know, this whole band started? Yeah, um, I always played drums. Um, and Alex kind of uh, got me off the drum kit when he um, took a real interest in the songs I was writing. And, um, yeah, and I think that being able to play drums has helped with the songwriting because uh, I can kind of picture things as a whole band arrangement and really take control of um, all of the instruments when I'm writing it so um, which is some you know good for some songs and and other songs you need kind of like a group group think kind of thing but um yeah yeah it was um always drums for me I still teach drums I had a, a couple of different primary schools that's my job so um I love drums but um yeah, I don't spend so much time on them these days. <laughs> That's so cool that yeah. you teach drums as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because, I mean, that's not really an instrument that, you know, you really hear so much about in terms of, you know, like teaching lessons because often it's, you know, guitar lessons or vocal lessons, but drums you don't really hear so much about. Yeah. So that's really cool. I wish I played, like, I wish I took drum lessons instead of guitar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> or both, really. <laughs> as a kid, probably both. Yeah, it's a good yeah, it's a good um, foundational instrument because, like, on any instrument, you have to like keep your timing, and um, mm. so it's a pretty core cool element of any musical instrument having good rhythm or yeah. good coordination. So, uh, yeah, a lot of my students are encouraged to get on other instruments and stuff because once you get a good grounding on drums, you kind of there's a lot of transferable skills. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And and who have been some of your favourite drummers, you know, growing up and, and even recently that you've discovered? Who have been some of, you know, the greats for you that have you know, that inspired you or influenced you? Oh, I love, um, okay. Um, <laughs> um, I love Josh Freet. He's like kind of a freelance drummer and he's very, very funny on Instagram. Um, I love his style. I love, um, I like Abe Cunningham from the Death Tone. I really like his style. Oh, nice. Um and then all kinds of stuff. Probably my favourite all time drummer though is like Aaron Spears, who is um this guy from the States with those crazy uh gospel chops and he um really weird approach to um yeah, really weird approach to fills and stuff like that. And uh he's got this like really bombastic aggressive approach to the drum kit and yet he plays um sort of you know, with Usher and stuff like that. And it's just um, really cool to watch. So I really like him. And then there's a new guy. I can't remember his last name. It's Nate something. But I've been watching his videos on Facebook just with my jaw on the floor. Mm. Um, kinda, I can't remember his last name. Nate Nate something. But um, yeah, kind of like a soul gospel guy as well. 
Nice. I don't know, as I get older, I'm sort of changing, I'm getting more into like, just like a nice, tasty groove rather than um, crazy stools and flashy stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just like, um, you know, like, I could listen to Michael Jackson's drama and just play Billie Jean. And that would be like, that for me is, you know, really enjoyable as opposed to maybe when I was younger watching some crazy progressive metal solo going. Wow, how did you do that, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly, because, like, I guess that's as a contrast between, you know, like, these really complex rhythms that you get, you know, within, like, heavy music, which are, which are awesome, but then you've just got this raw simplicity that you get, you know, you know, in groovy, groove and funk and, and stuff like that. So yeah. It's, yeah, and I guess it's also a topic that, like, we talk about a lot on this podcast too because I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily, like, appreciate or, I guess, if you're a music lover, you probably do. But generally, like, pop music is kind of overseen and, like, the creativity and, like, the skill behind pop music is sometimes a little bit, um, not necessarily discarded, but, like, a little bit ignored. And then, like you were saying, you know, like, listening to someone play, like, Billie Jean, like, there is so much... I feel like there's a lot of hidden, like, talent behind oh, sure. pop music, which is very yeah, cool. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of restraint, I think, with that kind of music. I, I, I love pop music, and like, um, I just started a little side project, um, getting together an album with a good friend of mine, Sam, and it's kind of more pop focused. And I've really enjoyed writing like that because it, you build kind of like a template, um, and then you have to work within these confines, and that can sometimes breed a lot more creativity than just going, you know. Um, okay, we can write a 10-minute song here and, you mm. know, like having to fit it within that three-minute, 30 mould and kind of make a chorus hook and make it, you know, like it, it can sometimes breed a bit more creativity, I find. I don't know, it's just like, um, yeah, I love pop music. Mm. Yeah, I guess also too, like when you're following like a certain structure that pop music might follow, it kind of gives you it's it might be a little bit more not challenging but like you kind of just like fill in the gaps around that mold so in a way you've already got that like um basic structure mm. that most songs typically follow and like you said you know instead of writing like just kind of like a 10 minute track like you can really fit into those little gaps and the way that pop music is structured so in a way it's probably yeah a cool way to i guess what you said really <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to make it's hard to make like happy music that isn't Tell me about it. <laughs> like totally cliche. So I think um I think that's what it is. It's like you're writing music that makes people feel good but not in like a, a, a cheesy way. And that's mm. really hard. That's a really hard thing to do. Um mm. so, so yeah, it's a cool it's a cool challenge. Yeah, well, I guess that kind of segues into our first segment, which is our um, what's on our playlist segment. So basically what we do is we just talk about two tracks that we've been really digging this week and we're really into. And um, yeah, we just talk about why we like them. And um, that's basically it. Usually we get our guest to kick it off. So do you have a track that you've been really digging this week that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, I feel like we always put everyone on this. Jeez, let me think. Mm. Hey, can one of you go first? Yeah, yeah, we can. We can (laughs) give us mix it up. This is the beauty of a podcast. I can just edit that out. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we can do a smooth transition. Oh, for sure. (laughs) 
Um, cool. Well, I guess I'll talk about a track that I've been listening to um, by a band called Sales. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Never. Heard I of. just like stumbled across them on um, like a Spotify playlist, really. Um, it shows you how like music is being consumed now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this song, it's called Pope is a Rockstar. And I was like, that's a cool kind of like track name. So I just decided to listen to it. lo-fi garage band type vibe to it and um yeah i just i've been really liking that that sort of style at the moment um just because it also sounds very like relatable i guess like i mean as a guitarist and like as a songwriter that kind of production level i really enjoy because it feels very like raw and honest and in a way like almost a little bit like achievable like I hear that and I think yeah like I could make it like that's something that I could make if that makes sense in like the most non-condescending way like in a really like positive like appreciative way like I really appreciate that type of sound Hmm. I feel like yeah sometimes like you hear tracks on the radio and they're so like produced and like um production heavy that as as a songwriter like unachievable yeah 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 like I feel really overwhelmed like how can I write a song like that? Like I want to write music, but how do I write a track like that? So sometimes like it's quite, at least I find it refreshing to like hear music that seems very like raw and yeah, like attainable, like that sound is possible. So yeah. (laughs) I've been listening a lot to that song, um, Underdog by Bang. Um, 
and feeling like I've had a lot to pen down. And so when I'm like that, I'll be honest, I don't really listen to much music. Like I've kind of really stuck in my own little world. So um, since we, the, um, since I finished St. Leonard's, I kind of dove straight into this side project, um, trying to get an album finished with that, whilst also kind of doing some slowly songs on the side. So, which I've got, I think about half a record's worth of new material for the new Slowly album as well. So I think nice. I've been like really like head down this kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I should start listening to more more music, but I've just been so yeah no but that's something that you know i've like spoken to other artists about who do feel the same way like they just feel like they can't listen to you know other music while they're songwriting and while they're really focused on an album so i think it's a more common approach than you know one might realize i think it's hard to create when you're still consuming so many like other creative pieces if that makes sense like you can't yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if, like, just say, for example, like, you're trying to write a song, but there's a song stuck in your head. Like, you're going to try and, like, write, like, that song. It's too much like, to process. without really <laughs> even realising, I guess. Like, if that's what's stuck in your head, that's, like, the melody that's going to come to you. So, mm. it makes sense that, like, you don't... Yeah, you know what, like, I think it kind of comes... You made me realise it in a weird therapeutic way while talking to you, but I think now I go, while writing all this stuff, I'm going to music more for like just enjoyment and escape mm. rather than um, kind of like field work like I'm looking for you know what I mean like yeah, I yeah. think it's that's why I've been gravi- that's probably why I've been gravitating more towards pop probably kind of just like really like harder tunes because it's that kind of like grueling autobiographical writing for slowly and stuff like that so I think um, yeah I just kind of go to it as for, for a little holiday. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, nice. makes sense. I think we I all know. do in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a track, Jen? That's like a pop song. I actually do. You like do? this whole time when we were talking about pop music, I'm like, we've got a perfect segue right Me here. Me too. I'm thinking about a pop song as well. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you may know this, but um, the Killers they um hit Sydney last weekend. Um, and they've been on a, a massive tour the country was which is awesome and so i went to see them and this track honestly like it's so it's from their their album they released last year wonderful wonderful and it's the lead single um it's called the man i don't give a damn i'm the man come round no, no, nothing can break no, nothing can break me down but I feel like it just, what what really captures me is that it's the perfect live track. Like, it's something that that really comes to life, you know, um, live. Even though, like, like, the studio version, like, it's really sleek. It's like a really glittering pop jam. Like, it's just something that, you know, that calls for a mosh pit to kind of just get involved and get on their feet. And even people just in the stands. Um, it's such a great track. I absolutely love the killers. I think, Ronnie Venucci, their drummer, is um he's up there in like my top five as well with drummers. He's um I love that band. And um I just recently listened to their um Song Exploder podcast they did. Um I think it was uh, I can't remember the name of the song, sorry, but it was I think it's off for, for wonderful and it's um mm. the 
really interesting to hear the story behind the song and how it was created. If, um, if you want to jump on that, it's really cool if you're a Killer fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we're always looking for, you know, new yeah. podcasts, especially around music. So yeah. definitely go check it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess I sort of have like a pop track too. I wasn't going to talk about this. This <laughs> always happens. Like I always have a track, but then, you know, by the time we talk about stuff, it always changes. Um, but the way that you were talking about listening, <laughs> yeah. listening to like pop music and um, I've like briefly touched on this before, but the new five seconds of summer song, Young Blood, is so good. Like it's so unexpected. I don't know. I just never. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. It's, they spent, so like basically they released, I think two albums. I think this is from their third. And I guess that was so quick and they were just sort of, their style was very, you know, like kind of blink style, um, that all time low vibe. But then they took like a year off and just wanted, and just took a year off to write and they didn't really tour much. And then they've come out with these two tracks from their new album that are like really kind of synth heavy and like pop driven. And um, it just sounds like it's just really creative and you can tell that like every kind of element of the track has really been, um, you know, like really, really looked over like with a microscope basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, I don't know, I just couldn't get it out of my head. I heard it at first and it's got this like really punchy, like almost like bass line, I guess. I don't know. It's just a really cool song and I can't get it out of my head. Like I've honestly listened to it so many times. Um, but yeah, it's just a song that really yeah. like, like kind of, um, struck me as very unexpected because I didn't think that I would like, well, I don't know. Like I'd heard their songs before, like in the most like non condescending way ever. Like I'm not trying to bag them at all. Um, but I just never really liked the stuff that they put out. It just wasn't my thing. Um, but I'm really, really impressed with their new tracks and I'm like I'm quite looking forward to their new album. So there's a track. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're going to be staying yeah, in the pop I'll, vein. I'll yeah. Do you have a, another track for us? Uh, what's another track? If we're going down that, if we're going down that road, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, we just got off. Um, we just finished a little tour with the story so far. Oh yeah. The US who popped over here, and they're they're like a super tight pop punk. Yeah, um, I've seen band. them. And, seen them live before. Um, <laughs> I had their music. Yeah, I had their music kind of ringing in my ear for the last few weeks after the tour finished. So um, I went back and had a listen to them. Um, so that's probably, yeah, something else that I've been uh, running a little bit of lately. But um, yeah, I like that. I don't know. I find I'll kind of start between all kinds of weird stuff um, lately. I don't know. My, my dad loves like classical piano. Um, like Rachmaninoff, like mm-hmm. um, like classical piano concertos, and um, I found myself listening to a bit of that around the house. But I don't know. I'm, I can't. I can't put my finger on where I've kind of um, or any tracks I've been running over and over. It's been really a, a real um, mixed bag lately. Cool. Do you have another track, Jen? Uh, are they like maybe a good live band? Um, well, I haven't, this? I haven't uh, seen them live, and I really do. But um, this is a track from Slowly Slowly's um, impending record. This go. is my favorite and the title track called St. Lennox. When God pulled out the 
we were, me and Ben were talking about um, this before we started recording. Um, like, so I was listening to the album, like, front to back last night, and this track um, really just stood out to me because it was just, I think it was more stripped back than the other songs, at least instrumentally. And you've got, like, just beautiful, like, soft, yep. like, palm-muted guitar. But I think just lyrically, it really, like, packs a punch in the fact that it is so stripped back. Like, I think that's just what made it, mm. like, that's what connected me to it. And, yeah. yeah, it's such a good track. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that one, um, yeah, we tried adding a few different instruments, but it always just kind of came out a bit, like, it was muddying the lyrical content or something, like, because I like the, I like I wanted it to focus just to be like the pictures that you could kind of picture um, in your head while it kind of went through because the whole song's pretty metaphorical and like um, I don't know uh, ambiguous or something. So um, I think as soon as we started adding other instruments, you kind of like losing the point kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So those ones you kind of got to concentrate what you're listening to. So um, yeah, we just went with I played it. Like, I think it was live. Um, one take, um, guitar and vocal, no reverb, just like it wanted it to sound like it was in a bedroom, mm. um, so that's where it was written. And, yeah, it's kind of like intimate, I guess, or private. Yeah. Yeah, because mm. that's definitely why I connected to the track, because it could really feel like, you know, those bedroom vibes and, and just feeling, you know, really like intimately, you know, connected yeah. with the track, like you were saying, like it yeah. really comes through. Yeah. No, I really like when... Oh, that's good. I'm glad you guys say that. Cool. <laughs> cool. I guess, you know what, that segues like really perfectly into our second segment, which is um, when we do an in-depth track review. So typically we get um, our guests to pick a song from their album or a, a song that they've released and um, just like talk about the, like, the story behind the song, if there's like a direct meaning um, of the actual like content of the song or if there's like a cool story behind it like a studio something like a studio story or I guess we kind of just give you free reign to talk about any track that you'd like and um yeah just expand on it so did you want to pick a track (laughs) we actually had a segue this time like a proper one (laughs) yeah yeah all righty uh think about one um okay what about um have you heard the song for Shay? I have, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's another killer. Shay, I didn't know you, but I feel I did somehow. Cause I know I love your family and they talk about you and how. That song um, centers around my uh, partner's sister who passed away when she was four years old from a tragic accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and really hard to 
thing at the start and I didn't feel like it was my story to tell for a long time so it was difficult um, to I don't know show it in its right light I think but um yeah the, I wanted um I think that music can be very eternal you know like you can it's one of the few ways that you can kind of live forever you know yeah. people might be singing a song decades or you know years and years down the track um I like the idea of a little time capsule um, where people who don't know Shay in years could be, you know, singing that song live and, uh, you know, listening to it and thinking about, you know, so, I mean, I didn't know her um, and um, my partner was like two years old, I think, when she passed away, so I had very limited memory of her, so I wanted a song as well that for... Um, members of the family who um, were maybe a bit too young but had grown up with this memory of Shay kind of embedded in them from photos and stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's They a... felt like they know her, you know, and mm. you know, I do a little bit too because um, I've spent so much time around the family and talking about her. And so um, I wanted a song for those people who could kind of it didn't have these kind of concrete memories, but still had mm. a sadness attached to it. Yeah, yeah definitely. They wanted I mean, to celebrate the life. But yeah. Yeah, anyway. That's a really beautiful one, story. Yeah, it is. I think um, I was just tearing up. Yeah, that's... Maybe song on the record, but... No, that's, yeah. that's a really, like, beautiful story behind it. And also, like, I guess the intention to write a track like that too. Um, it's also really beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. I think also, like, just for people that are listening to it, like, I feel like... Shay to them could be like someone in their own family yeah. that you know has passed away too soon or someone that they've lost and you know it's it you know they can connect Shay to a, to a memory of, of someone else that they really loved even though they don't know Shay yeah which I think is a beautiful thing mm. yeah and um, um my partner has a niece um who's three years old now um and her name is Zoe Shay oh, and mm. um she has like an uncanny resemblance to Shay. And so I wanted to kind of, the last line in the song kind of references that. And it was, I wanted it to kind of be this, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like she kind of lives on through her and yeah. it's, um, that kind of circle of, um, of life, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. That's so nice. I don't know how to like segue this. Yeah, no, it's just a beautiful moment. It's a really nice. (laughs) And listening to the song, like I was wondering who Shay was. So it's really good to you know get the story behind her and behind the track. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, that's the one that kind of my mind gravitated straight away because the story is so concrete, and it felt like the the song was really you know it was written on that birthday night, and it kind of. It was the, the final arrangement was just done, and it was mm. between it, um, you know, initial conception to how the finished product, and nothing was changed. It was, um, yeah, it was really uh, like that. It, without being too cliche or wanky, it really mm-hmm. felt like it was kind of fucked from somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's really like powerful when you are able to write a track like in one sitting and everything kind of just comes together. Um, like a floodgate. Like yeah, you were yeah, yeah. And I guess like 
like you said, like without sounding like cliche or whatever, um, like it is true. Like sometimes, you know, there is that other element that you feel like, you know, it was like it was meant to happen <laughs> um, without that cliche yeah, connotation. Into something yeah. It's really weird. It's like the moment of like as a songwriter you live for. It's like mm. you, you're mining and then you find like a big amount of gold and you just, it's all you can think about for a couple of hours while it's all sort of pouring out. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a cool experience. Yeah, and it's interesting because like, like you as a songwriter, I know right deeply from from personal experience, and and off and I think like when you, you were starting out songwriting, right, you felt a little bit embarrassed because they were so personal, right, and then you felt kind of like the need to bury them under all these metaphors. Yeah, um, and then it just kind of developed my writing, I think, to be a bit more like that and less um, kind of uh, like less in your face, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of songwriters too, like when you're being so honest, it takes a while to become comfortable um, with like what you're writing as well because you're, you are sharing it with a lot of people. So it's almost like you're shedding skin in a way I can imagine, like mm. it's so yeah. revealing. Well, it's interesting because like um, Kings of Leon, their lead singer, Caleb, when they first started their band, like he, the reason like their first two albums are so like mumbly is because he was really embarrassed of like what he was writing. <laughs> That's why he used to like mumble sing. So you can't really like understand what he's saying unless you like read the lyric book, which is little side note yeah i think <laughs> yeah it takes a lot of guts to kind of just stand up and be like i am a songwriter it took me a long time to be like you know even now i'll be honest when people ask me what i play in my band if i've just met them and they go oh you're playing a band what do you play i just play guitar mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even, I, I don't say that i sing or that because i like it it is a weird thing being like you know my my storytelling deserves a microphone. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's a, mm. a very strange, weird, egotistical thing mixed yeah. in with um, <laughs> the need to share your life. I don't know. I think about it a lot. <laughs> but yeah, why, it's... Why, yeah. why do I want to do Well, that? I mean, I guess, like, some people journal, some people, like, like to go for runs. Like, everyone has their own release, I guess, of, like, how they deal with life like that sounds quite dramatic I don't mean it It sounds pretty dramatic but like you know everyone is like deals with like their emotions in different ways and I guess that um you've done that through music which is also a really cool thing too because you're able to share it with other people and like people can connect to that and then you can share it in the live platform as well so Mm. I don't know I think it's cool I don't think you should be embarrassed Yeah, and I think just like with a lot of bands, I think they never really think that they're going to have, you know, some sort of impact, let alone, you know, really touch, yeah. you know, heaps of people. And, and in different ways, I guess what's been an experience, you know, chatting to someone that you've never met that, you know, really surprised you in terms of how you, your music impacted them? There's been 
um, a couple that stuck in my head. I mean, like we've spoken to people who've um, lost close friends of theirs um, to depression, um, and uh, the song our, our song of our first record, Camel, called New York Paris, mm-hmm. is kind of um, all centered around. I guess those feelings and um, feelings of escapism and um, and I think um, that song has resonated um, with people who have who feel a bit trapped in their own head and Mm -hmm. so um, we get feedback a lot that that song has kind of played a role in um, you know in, in helping people through tough times and I, that one sticks in my head as you know I'm still blown away by that I think um yeah uh, there's been a couple I guess but people take what they want from different songs so sometimes I'll write a song with um you know about something and then um specific but then people listen to it and get their own kind of take on it because I guess it is a little bit more obscure with the lyrical content and then, you know, it might help them something that I didn't even intend mm-hmm. or not help. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, like play, yeah. play the soundtrack in their life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing that I, I never thought um, it would. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I guess I there are just yeah, there are just really unlimited ways that that music can can impact mm. people's lives. Like people continue, I think, to surprise with you know the ways that you know, like the things that they take from music and yeah. you know how it can help you know inspire and elevate them. Yeah, people interpret I guess like songs in different ways to sort of suit themselves. I guess like everyone, you know, like you said, you know, you might have written a song that had a certain meaning for you, but then someone else would have listened to it and interpreted it in their in their own way, which is also like the beauty of music because that's a really cool thing to be able to do um, and have that like multi-platform almost like that, that, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of unexplainable (laughs) sometimes. Yeah, cool. Well, does that... Yeah, well, I think... um... Yeah. If I think about some of my favorite songs, like some of my all-time faves, and then the meaning that I've taken from them, uh, I often think about if I got to have a chat with the artist about what it was about, I don't think I'd ask them. Like, mm. I, I wouldn't want to know because I wouldn't want it to stay with my experience of that song. Like, it feels so special for me and I've taken from it. You know, I've, I've put my life like a projector on that song mm. and taken what I, I want from it. I've kind of written a story in my own head about what it's about and I, I like that. And so as much as, let's say, um, a song like Song for Shay, which is very straight up, you know, it's a story. Um, like I think for other songs, I kind of want to leave them a bit mysterious because... Um, I like that element of people applying their own meaning. I think it's really important mm. and less like, and not demystifying a lot of the content. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is um, our last segment. It's our non-music segment where basically we kind of talk more generally about life and life outside of music, which often is very difficult when you're like, your life is subsumed yeah. by music, but mm. we try. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to kick it off. So you guys have a song called Alchemy on this new record, but I kind of wanted to take that more literally in the sense of wanted to ask you is, is this ever been a time where you've tried to concoct or mix something and it's gone horribly wrong like whether you've had a hand at cooking or you tried to mix something up mm. or even like a friend of yours that's like tried a bad something. cocktail maybe <laughs> <laughs> well i think of the thousands of meals that i still do um absolute rubbish yeah. <laughs> like a, a montage of them running through my head right now I'm trying to think of the worst but yeah what well, um, been the absolute stinger yeah um, I saw like an ASMR wait, video. Go oh, that's okay. I was just gonna say I saw like an ASMR video on like Twitter or something of this like woman eating pickles and peanut butter. Oh, that was like a weird one. Um, <laughs> not that I've like ever tried it, but um, or even is there like yeah a combination of of foods that you've tried like to mix together that you thought would taste nice and was kind of crap. Yeah, or like things that you don't think would go together but actually taste really good. <laughs> well. Um... I come from a long line of tomato and peanut butter sandwiches oh, yeah. in my family, which is a lot of people think is quite strange, but I grew up with it. And, yeah. Um, totally into it. Yeah. I find that quite weird. I don't know. Oh my god, um, that's literally like me, because like I like growing up like like making like peanut butter sandwiches with chicken and like really? tomato, and it actually tastes really nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that kind of is like a satay vibe. Yeah. yeah. I used to have like beetroot and cheese sandwiches like in preschool and kindergarten, like just straight like sliced cheese and beetroot. That's kind of nothing else. Oh, <laughs> nothing yeah, I else. Can get that. It's kind of like, it's like the country bakery um, salad sanger. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like. Tickled. I can appreciate so um, the last thing that we've got for this segment. So I know that St. Leonard's Beach um, is a place that's really special um, for you. And I'm not sure if it is to the rest of the guys as well. But, um, you know, what's so special about that beach and how's it grown to be a place that you've really loved? Um, so my grandfather, when he um, came to Australia um, from Sicily, because um, half of my family is Sicilian, um, so when he migrated here, um, he worked uh, crazily hard as a concreter and ended up uh, being able to buy a small holiday house um, out there um, in St. Leonard's. Um, and that kind of served as the family hub for holidays um, for the next um generation and all the grandkids and stuff like that so all of our family holidays were spent up there in this sort of really small quaint um beach town which just had like a milk bar and a and a fish and chip shop and so uh it wasn't that kind of um sparkly beach holiday that you'd um i don't know that people would generally associate with like a summer beach holiday it was um the town was like full of migrants, like huge Italian community there. And so a lot of fishing um, and the beach is kind of extremely unimpressive. <laughs> and um, and so it just had a pier and, you know, it was never crowded. Um, 
spent a lot of holidays up there and then my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago and so um and the house was sold um recently and so I think that's what kind of spurred mm. um that song and the title of the record and uh it was just it, it felt like a real uh sort of cornerstone got pulled out of um out of uh, my life, I guess. I don't know, mm-hmm. but the, uh, yeah, like that's what something uh represented for me. It was like it, it was always tied up in yeah. um, being young and naive and happy, mm-hmm. and I think um, it's just sad to see it all go. I guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny because my, my family's like that too, except like we all go to my grandma's house and like we spent basically our whole childhood like every Sunday at my grandma's and she like had a pool so we would go swimming and like same sort of thing. Like my grandma is still around and we still do it, but everyone's kind of getting older and you know, all my cousins like we're in our 20s and like mm. it's not the same. You realise time is precious. And I guess like, yeah, I relate to that as well that idea of you know like being a kid and just like going swimming and like hanging out with your cousins and it's like very carefree and yeah. like innocent it's it's really very nice innocent time. and i think um that's why i think looking back they were they were all little miracles all those little times when you don't really realize it mm. um and then when something gets sort of puzzle pieces stuck in taken out of that picture and it doesn't quite look the same you start to realize how important it was yeah it's really nice that you guys like had that and you always came together and there was that big like family vibe I don't know my family is Spanish so I get (laughs) kind of the same sort of thing you know like it's always it's such a family such an important thing and um I guess it's really like even like it's nice that you you got to have that experience as well so it is kind of bittersweet Hmm. in a way but but at the same time, you've also been able to immortalise, you know, these memories in your record. So you've got mm. those memories for life, you know, both just in your head and, you know, in music, which yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I wanted it to be as much as kind of a, a sad thing also, just kind of just a little time capsule of all the cool mm. times. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Actually, it kind of it's a, a bit of both in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Well, I think that's a nice, um, bittersweet way to end the podcast. Yeah, that is a really nice way. (laughs) Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Thank you so much for your time. And um, if you just maybe want to give, like, our listeners a little summary of, like, where where they can find you, um, about your your album release. And if you've got a tour kicking off this month. Just kind of, yeah, what's next for you guys and where can our our listeners find you? Um, So our tour kicks off. Um, in uh, just over 10 days now on, on May 11th. Nice. Um, and that's the same day that our record, Subliners, comes out. Um, we kick it off in Tasmania in Launceston. Um, and then it's going to finish up on June 16th at the corner in Melbourne. And we're going to be all over Australia in between. So yeah, nice. Well, hopefully bigger and better things for you guys. And um, just keep, yeah. Keep doing what you know. World, world domination. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Thank you no so worries. much. 
you're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. <laughs> 